Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of Crime Stoppers, See It, Say It, Stop It, a podcast that brings you informed discussion about unsolved crimes, wanted persons, awareness campaigns, and how citizens can remain anonymous to make their community safer. My name is Sean Sporden. I'm the chair of Toronto Crime Stoppers, and uh, we have... I'm Detective Dimitri Tsianos with the Toronto Police Service and police coordinator for the Toronto Crime Stoppers. Perfect. So the reason for the... Uh, podcast is we're thinking of new ways to stay connected with the community, talk about what Crime Stoppers is doing to support, um, you know, community safety and, and everything uh, that goes with that. And I think on today's, you know, first episode of, of what we're doing, it'd be uh, great to just kind of go over Crime Stoppers, what it is and, and all that sort of stuff. And Crime Stoppers is basically based on a simple principle that for every crime committed, someone other than the criminal as information to solve it. You know, simply put, uh, someone always knows something, they've always seen something. Um, so we'll get right into it. And I guess the first question, you know, I'll throw over to you, Dimitri, is, um, you know, what is Crime Stoppers coming from a, from a police background? Um, you know, what do you see Crime Stoppers is, uh, is uh, in your role? So I guess I'll start off with, uh... A little bit of background of myself. Um, I'm a detective with Toronto Police. I've been working with Toronto Police now for 20 years, and my experience stems from uniform policing to investigative. I was part of the Gun and Gang Task Force. I also worked with the uh, Hold Up Squad. So I got a vast knowledge of um, investigative background. And then I was asked to join Crime Stoppers and the Toronto Crime Stoppers program as their coordinator. Um, Having worked as a police officer for many years, I know that uh, this is a very vital uh, and crucial role that Crime Stoppers program plays in uh, the investigative platform. Attention. So uh, I guess I'll start off there, Sean, with uh, our listeners are probably going to want to know what Crime Stoppers is and uh, where it kind of started. So I'll throw it back to you as far as maybe you can explain what Crime Stoppers is, the different programs. Yeah, for sure. And, and just before we, you know, get into that, I, I did notice that you have the, the P3 um, Tipsoft Management Active in the background there alerting you that tips are coming in um, and just, you know, wanted to reinforce that, uh, you know, even though we are, you know, kind of working from home and whatnot, that, uh, you know, yourself, you still are actively receiving tips and, and whatnot. So um, that's great to know. So, yeah, basically, yeah, it is. It is uh... It is, it is crazy times. Sorry to interrupt you there, Sean. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy times, and we're going through this COVID-19 pandemic, but uh, crime doesn't stop, nor do uh, the police that investigate these crimes. So we're finding different ways from working from home, working at stations. So let's begin by thanking all our frontline workers absolutely. that put themselves in, uh, in harm's way to keep us all safe. Yeah, Absolutely. So back to, you know, kind of Crime Stoppers and, and how it started. And, you know, it all started with a simple idea and a promise uh, to a mother uh, of an individual respo or responsible for the, the murder of, uh, of her 19-year-old son that, that this officer would do what he could to, to um, you know, catch these individuals. Um, and the promise was made uh, by a young 
Canadian-born Albuquerque, New Mexico detective by the name of Greg McAleese back on January or July 24th, 1976. Um, after the uh, robbery and, and eventual murder of uh, an individual, a young you know, college student by the name of Michael Carmen, who was working a midnight shift there at a local gas station, um, and as I said, was, was killed during this robbery. And, you know, as the days and the weeks kind of went by, um, you know, no information was coming forward, and the detective, you know, was a little bit frustrated by that. And he recognized that there were two reasons why the public did not come forward and provide information to authorities. Um, and it was valid. There was a, you know, valid fear of reprisal, um, you know, that if you spoke up, you would be in danger. And, and second, there was that public apathy of it's not my problem. Why should I get involved? So kind of brainstorming and thinking of new ways of, you know, how could he um, satisfy those two concerns um, of the public to start generating, you know, some information on, you know, what occurred to uh, in this specific incident. So he came up with a, if he were to put a cash reward out there and overcome the apathy while guaranteeing, you know, anonymity for people calling in, that it might help to solve the case. And so what he started to do was work with his local media and stat, uh, stage a, an on-site television reenactment of the crime, offered $1,000 actually out of his own pocket for information leading to the arrest. And, you know, soon after that, he started receiving tips coming in. And within 72 hours, you know, he received that crucial, you know, tip. And it was a basic information of a, you know, somebody had seen a car leaving that, that area at a high rate of speed. Um, and then started working, you know, the investigation from there and ultimately identified these two individuals that um, were responsible. And, you know, over the years, it's, uh, you know, basically grown in the concept of the community, the media and the police working together to solve crime, um, you know, has spread and it spread rapidly. And now, you know, in 2020, we have 1700 active programs worldwide. And, you know, that's in 32 countries. But closer to home, we have 38 programs in Ontario. And, you know, uh, the, the real cool, I guess, um, stat out of all of this is that, you know, every 14 minutes, a crime is solved because of a Crime Stoppers tip. Now that's either, you know, directly related to the tip or it's provided, you know, uh, supporting information or whatnot. Um, but that just shows how effective Crime Stoppers has been since, you know, it uh, created... Uh, was the brain of uh, detective Mac lease back in 1976. And then ultimately, you know, in 1984 when crime stoppers came to Toronto. So, you know, that's a little bit of a history of, you know, kind of how crime stoppers started and, and, and where we're at today. And, um, you know, what we've been doing as a program here um, in Toronto, but I guess to kind of get into your role, Dimitri, and, and, you know, what's the role of the police coordinator and, you know, what, exactly what happens when, you know, a tip comes in and, and your responsibilities to protect that, uh, that tipster. No, for sure. That's awesome. Um, the program, like most people know uh, or don't know, um, it did start back with McAleese, a detective, counterpart out in the States. Um, and like any investigator, when you get that hot tip that comes in, whether it be a crime stopper or further information, um, it brings light to a case and 
believe it or not, uh, investigators look forward to these type of breaks in cases uh, and get the uh, person involved to justice. Um, As the police coordinator, I work for the Toronto police as a detective. Um, I get tips on a daily basis. The actual program itself is run independently from the police. It's run by yourself, who's the chair of the board. And we can get into a bit about what the board yeah. is, but it's a bunch of uh, individuals that are um, taking their own time to volunteer, sit on this board and run the program. As a police coordinator, I run the day-to-day measures of the Crime Stopper program within Toronto Police Headquarters. So if you can imagine, if I can draw out a little picture for you, um, we have an office within headquarters. I have a number of employees that work in that office. And um, they range from office administrators to uh, my youth engagement officer, uh, Officer Douglas. Uh, You can also follow him on Officer Crump on social media, Instagram and Facebook. Um, Just a little pitch for him. And as the coordinator, I facilitate all the Crime Stopper tips that come into Toronto. So let's just clarify. You did say that there was 38 programs across Canada. 1700 across the world uh, internationally so every program runs separately if you can imagine there's a board of directors for each and every program Um, in in the gta for example we got a toronto program in york region they have their own program in peel so on and so forth Um, within toronto and i can only speak on toronto um, as the coordinator a tip comes in i'm to ensure, and I do ensure, the anonymity that, of that tip. Right. I don't want the tipster's identity revealed. So not, not even the board knows the actual tip. Only myself and the office staff that I have working within Toronto Crime Stalkers. We look at that tip, and if it's plain and simple, there's no identifiers in it to identify the tipster, Um, I look at what unit within Toronto police should be investigating this. If it's a gun tip, I'll forward it to gun and gangs. If it's a drug tip, I'll forward it to the drug squad, so on and so forth. We get a vast number of tips that identify different crimes. Once we've identified which unit is deservant of that crime stoppers, we make sure we vet out any personal information. And some of that information can be very simple. It could be, you know, my, uh, the, tips, the tip states, my neighbor next door is selling drugs. Well, we would vet out my neighbor next door. We would just put the unit that's selling drugs because we don't want that person ultimately, if the information uh, comes out, that it came from the neighbor next Correct. door. Um, so once everything's vetted and we've made sure no identifying marks are uh, left in, we send it to the investigator. That unit then determines which uh, officers are investigating that crime. Those officers are alerted um, through an email that they've received a Crime Stopper tip on their, on their case that they're working on. The investigators, and I'm now putting my investigator hat on, when I used to get the Crime Stoppers tips, we open it up, we see the information, and we corroborate that information. So we're not just going to grab that tip and go and smash somebody's door down or arrest somebody just on that tip, but we're going to investigate that tip. It might be something we already know, or it might be that little piece that we needed to uh, get this case going again. Once 
it's determined that let's say that tip did lead to somebody's arrest as an investigator, I would notify the police coordinator, which is now me. I then get notification from the investigator saying, thank you very much. That tip led to this individual's arrest. Now we get into um, the maintenance of that tip. I then wait for our uh, monthly Crime Stopper board meeting, and I bring that tip to the board meeting. I speak to the volunteers that sit on the board, and I don't tell them about the tip, but I tell them how the tip led to the arrest and um, how it was a good tip, and this tip is deserving of uh, recognition. Right. Now, once that tip is recognized and everything's said and done, that tip is locked down, it's closed, and it's in our systems. Um, Our systems are secure. We are, like you mentioned earlier, on, a, on what's called a P3 uh, platform. That's uh, from Anderson Software. They came up with a system where all tips come in and they're identified by a certain number. No identity um, is given to the police coordinator. Um, we're just given the tip. And then uh, that's basically, as a coordinator, I also ensure that not only do I do the tips, but I make sure that my uh, officer for the youth engagement is constantly engaging youth, whether it be through social media, whether it be from uh, school gatherings. Um, I know that he does a lot of uh, face-to-face lectures within schools, talking about bullying, talking about uh, social media safety, uh, which is a big priority right now. Right. We also deal with uh, sex crimes, which is, um, for one example, would be human trafficking. We come up with new initiatives. I, as the police coordinator, go to the board and ask for money that we've raised in order to do these initiatives, whether it be making uh, educational videos, whether it be throwing uh, uh, town hall meetings, or whether it's even uh, locking down a park and having a big barbecue for the community. Um, Stuff like that. And then I'm always in contact with you, Sean. And we work in partnership and come up with brainstorm ideas just like this uh, first podcast. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the, uh, the open transparency that, uh, you know, we have on our, in our program and our board. And I know others have on their boards. You talked about some of the stuff that uh, Martin Douglas, who's the uh, social or the, well, the youth engagement, social media officer. And, you know, as you said, known on social media platforms as officer Crump. And covers off things like social media safety and bullying. And, you know, we talked a little bit about there of, of working on sex crimes and creating awareness. But what other types of crimes are coming into Crime Stoppers? I mean, I think it's important for listeners to know um, the severity of, of, you know, the wide range of, of uh, crimes that are coming in. And, you know, some people think that it's just, well, people are calling in on my neighbor who's, you know, being loud and playing music. But what kind of crimes are, are we seeing coming into us? So there's a uh, vast number of crimes that, that are reported on. Um, and yes, we do receive uh, information on, you know, the next door neighbors playing his music too loud up to homicide tips. The, the fortunate thing for us is that we do maintain that anonymity portion. Right. And one way that it affects our program, um, you can say, unfortunately, is that we can't publicize 
a lot of these cases that are solved because of Crime Stoppers. But what I can do is kind of point you to the tips we do get. And some of them are homicide investigations. Right. For example, um, we might do a press release with the Toronto Police Service. We might have a stand-up um, reporting, whether it be officers on scene, detectives that are investigating from homicide. And as everybody knows, watching the media, they're always asked to contact police. Listen, your best form of, uh, as an investigator to get information is from a witness. Um, you do want people to be, do the right thing, come forward. If they saw something, they should say something, and the police will act on right. it. And, but there's, there are a lot of people that don't want to give these tips because they're afraid of reprisal. They're afraid of somebody coming after them. And that's totally understandable. But the way I look at it as an investigator is I'd rather you say something than say nothing. Right. So we do give you another platform, and it's called Crime Stoppers, where you're anonymous. So to get to your original question, these crimes range from homicides, um, the holdup investigations. So, you know, your robberies, your stick up kids that are going into these retail stores and sticking up a uh, variety of stores, right. banks. Um, we also get a lot of calls on human trafficking. And some of these tips, believe it or not, are not from someone uh, just thinking that there's human trafficking going on, but it's actually from the actual person being trafficked. Um, they don't want to call the police because they're scared that they're going to come up and knock on the door and um, their handler or their pimp or whoever it is is going to know they called. So they call it anonymously mm -hmm. and they hope that, you know, they could be saved. Right. And uh, I, I can tell you without telling you too much about the various investigations, there has been situations where we did get information like that and we were able to get that person to safety. Um, so there's a lot of cases that get solved that go unreported and that's the way we want to keep it yeah because we we have to ensure the the identity does never get revealed yeah and i think you know it's it's not only are we keeping the community safe by having you know concerned community members calling in but i think it's really important for you know our listeners to know that these these this information that is coming in is saving lives um and and you know, some people may not For see sure. it as that. So getting getting back to, and I know we do some some things here, uh, you know, starting in January of this year, we've started doing things differently. But just for, you know, some of the, the listeners out there to, to fully understand of, you know, if there's a reward, because we know that other programs are still, you know, giving rewards out and, you know, to a degree we do, especially with our partnerships with people like Bolo and whatnot. <clears throat> but if, if a tip... I call in a tip and, and then I follow up and I say, okay, well, what, what kind of money am I getting? Walk me kind of through, Dimitri, if you can, um, how a tipster goes about collecting their money uh, or their reward for a tip that uh, has been successful. Right. I guess before we start getting into um, the rewards aspect of things, if I could just cover off a little bit of our new – way forward if you want for to sure. say uh for the for the toronto crime stoppers program yeah. um back in january and even before january i'd say about a year prior to that so there's a lot of thought that went into this um we reached out myself and sean uh and we looked at just rebranding crime stoppers um we wanted to get it back out there we wanted to get some media attention and we also wanted to get a fresh new look for 
a new dynamic of, of a way that we can come out to uh, you listeners. Uh, and that we looked at the community agency. It's an agency. It's a marketing agency. It's an ad agency that uh, uh, looks at new creatives. So they came up along with us and the board uh, with a way that we can still get tips coming in, but we can also reach a demographic and, and, and individuals that did not want a reward. And that's when you, Sean, and myself, we, we looked at uh, what was being paid out. And I'll let you get into that kind of, kind of way of thinking because you are the chair of the board yeah. and this is your program. So if you want to just, why don't you let me know or let the listeners know a bit about uh, the new way and focus on uh, how we're running the program now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a, that's a good point before we get into actually how, uh, you know, tipsters would, would have picked up their reward prior to this and, you know, maybe going forward for other programs. And you're absolutely right. I mean, this started back, you know, in 19 or 2019 where, you know, we were starting to look at, you know, how to, how to make our program, the Crime Stoppers program in Toronto more relevant and, you know, engage people where they would feel comfortable using it um, and, and getting out there that we aren't a police program, right? We are a partner with the police, but we're not the police, if you will, even though you are, you know, I would say seconded to the program and, you, you know, your, your key role there is to be that liaison and whatnot. So when we engage the community agency, um, who, who are, as you said, a brand marketing uh, firm, you know, it started off with, you know, how do we rebrand our logo? How do we make it sexy and, and cool for, for people to say, you know, I would wear that on a shirt or, you know, I see it and I understand it better now through the logo process and I would want to call. And then it started getting into uh, more so the nuts and bolts of what we do. And we, we started seeing, you know, um, when we looked into our, our statistics and, and 17% of tips over a three-year period were only being picked up and, it started, it started to tell us that, you know, the people that were using our platform weren't doing it because they wanted monetary value. They were doing it because it was the right thing to do. And then, you know, Dimitri, when you started digging into the P3 management platform, it revealed that 50% of people who were reporting online were actually clicking that button uh, or the, the, the option of, I don't want a reward. I just want to give you my information. So it uh, reinforced us that, you know, people were not doing it for, for the money and, and the monetary value. So then we started, you know, thinking of, you know, well, what do we do and how do we, how do we engage the community? And, you know, the, the brilliant minds over at the community agency came up with, um, what if we redirected the funds back into the community where it's needed most and look at supporting initiatives like after school programs and, revitalization of parks and playgrounds and basically letting the community know uh, in Toronto that, you know, when these tips are coming in and, and we're solving crimes, that it's going to benefit the entire community and not one individual. Um, you know, we started to, to really look at this and did our homework. And it was something that, you know, as a board, we discussed and, you know, and, and taking, you know, some advice and uh, input from our police partners uh, within Toronto, and we we identified, you know, our first, if you will, initiative, and that was, you know, in the Glendower community, which you know is in a uh, somewhat high crime uh, area, and and looked at the Beyond Academics Homework Club 
um, which provides youth essential life skills, right? In, in a safe, welcoming environment where they're given the opportunity to be the best versions of themselves. And, you know, Miss Seeley, who runs that program, um, you know, has been doing so for, for many, many years. And, and it was, she was doing it out of her own pocket, right? Paying for things out of her own pocket. And, you know, Dimitri, I think when myself, uh, you and, and, and Martin went to meet with Miss Seeley and we sat down and we really didn't know, you know, what the asks were going to be. But when we asked her, you know, what could we do from Crime Stoppers through this new program to basically make life easier for you and, 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 and the kids that are, that are coming to the program? And it was simple things like a clothes rack and, and a shoe rack and kind of helping her organize you know, the kids uh, in these little groups that she had from, you know, we'll call it the, the younger ones to the middle uh, youth age and into the, you know, the 16, 17 year olds. And, I, I, you know, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I know for myself, I was taken back and, um, you know, almost teared up. Yeah, right? I, think, I, th- I think we were, I think we were both uh, shocked and mm-hmm. but, but I, d- I don't want to give up too much. <clears throat> Because I do want to draw our listeners to our yes. website, which is 222tips.com. And you can see the actual video of uh, Miss Seeley's uh, re- revamp, let's yes. call it, of her after-school program. Now, every community, if, if, I, if I can say, always has their challenges. And every community yes. has different challenges. Now, this beautiful community, we've both kind of grew up in that neighborhood. We've both worked in that yeah. neighborhood. So... That, that's just one community of Toronto, which is a beautiful community. It does have its challenges, unfortunately. Um, but we have to start looking at the people that are unsung heroes within For those sure. communities and start up, up, start uplifting them. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in marginalized communities. It could be in communities right across the yes. city. Now, uh, getting into that. So you're saying that we've re- reallocated our funds. Instead of paying individuals, we're now paying within the community. But that's something that we correct me if I'm wrong, we as a board and our Toronto police thought that this would be best suited for Toronto. Now, every program has to look at their own city and see what's best right. for them. But we felt that we're going to take a, take a shot at the dark and we're hoping that this is a program that was needed in Toronto. And we're getting a lot of support from that. Aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, the biggest <clears throat> opportunity that, that, you know, the shift that we did was that, you know, we removed our reward system and we, you know, as I said, switched that over to, you know, paying an actual community and not an actual tipster. You know, the the positive feedback that we've received, not only, you know, within the city of Toronto, but right across Canada and and some some into the U.S. when people are hearing what we're doing, which, you know, is a little bit um, different than, than the other programs. You know, the other programs do pay out cash rewards to their tipsters. Um... You know, it's 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 connecting with the community. It's you know the the uh, ideal um, you know crime prevention through community engagement or, or or community improvement initiative concept that we're doing. If the community actually sees that Toronto Crime Stoppers, you know, and then the Toronto Police are actually invested, you know, in making their community safer, it's going to make them want to report things. Um, so it's, it's been a great success so far, you know, obviously with the, uh, the current situation that we're in with COVID, we haven't been able to get out and meet and, and kind of look at the applications, which is also another important, 
uh, I guess, uh, piece of information that we should say is that when you go on our, our website, uh, www.222tips.com, you can fill out an application within the city of Toronto, um, give us your ideas, you know, it'll ask you a series of questions. Um, when that application now comes through, Dimitri, uh, you will kind of bring it to the board and say, here's what's come up over the last month. You know, the board will sit yeah, that's discuss kind of, it. That's kind of stuff. <clears throat> that's with, with letting people into uh, our board meetings. This is kind of the stuff that we do listen to. So we, so we do uh, talk about the, the tips that come in and uh, their value. And we're also covering off now the community applications. So they do get uh, looked at, each and every one of them. And uh, the board decides which, pro- which um, uh, program and which initiative we're going to be supporting. Right. Um, and, and we try our best to want to support all of them. But as everybody can understand, there is financial restraint and uh, we'd love to give money to everybody, but we have to look at what needs to be prioritized. Like any other business, you prioritize and uh, you'll always want to come back to the ones you said no to. For sure. So, you know, that's kind of the nuts and bolts of, um, you know, our new way forward with Toronto Crime Stoppers. Um, You know, please, as we said, check it out online. There's information uh, about the program and kind of what we're doing. But kind of bringing it back real quick, Dimitri. To the original yeah, question. Just yeah, just on, you know, if, if someone... How you yeah, get paid. if someone wanted to collect their money. How yeah. you get paid. How does that work? So everybody um, that's listening probably wants to know, okay, listen, I'm giving you my tip, whether it be here, whether it be in Peel, uh, how, how does someone get their mm-hmm. money? Um, now with Toronto, like we said, we're not giving individual tips uh, that come in to the individual, but we're giving it to the community now. So... We do still have partnerships. One I'll give you an example of is uh, the Bolo right. program. You can go on their website as well. It's B-O-L-O, uh, Bolo, be on the lookout. Um, and that was a foundation that was started off by Stéphane Cartier uh, from Garda World. And this foundation um, with our friend Maxime in Montreal. Shout out to Maxime. Now, the partnership we have there is individuals that are wanted on a Canada-wide, international-wide warrant within, uh, let's call it Canada, for high-risk crimes, whether it be murder. Uh, we do have a current one now with uh, an individual by the name of Tequan yeah. Robertson. And that was the shooting that happened out in Scarborough at a playground. Everybody uh, from Toronto and the greater Toronto area would, would remember uh, where two little girls got shot. Um, there's still an outstanding party from three individuals that uh, were wanted and his name's Tequan. There's a $50,000 reward on that. So that still gets paid out to the individual. Now what happens? Somebody calls it a crime stopper or webs web tips, uh, the crime stopper tip and says, I know where Tequan is right now. And he's held up, let's say at some hotel. Initially, we're going to go out. We're going to investigate it. If that individual is arrested on that tip, it's very simple. So um, we'll continue where we left off, um, seeing that it's our first podcast. Everybody can understand that we've got some technical difficulties, but we're back. <laughs> so I think I started off by talking about a bit about how people get paid. Um, yeah. So there are still partnerships, like I covered, with various uh, agencies where we do still pay an individual tipster. And one right. of those is the BOLO program. I believe I covered off the BOLO program is uh, be on the lookout. 
right. it's a Can- Canadian-based uh, foundation. Um, started off by the Stefan Cartier Foundation, uh, owner of Garda World Security, and uh, run by uh, our friend out in Montreal by the name of Maxime. Now, right. be, on, be on the lookout is very simple. It's looking for people that are wanted Canada-wide on a Canada-wide warrant for a various uh, number of crimes. One that Toronto Crime Stoppers has currently is an individual by the name of Tequan Robertson. He was involved in a shooting out in Scarborough where two young uh, girls were uh, shot. Uh, They weren't the intended victims. They were just uh, innocent bystanders playing in the park like we all do. So this, um, how do you get paid? If a tipster calls in a tip on, let's say, the BOLO program, we review the tip. This gets sent out to our investigators immediately. Um, if an arrest is made on that tip with, that was given the location of uh, Tequan Robertson, we now start the process of paying the individual the reward. Um, how does that get paid? We would contact the bank. We have a partnership with TD Bank across every branch in Toronto, and we would alert them that somebody would be coming in um, to pick up that payment. Um, you're right. given a tip number ID once you're given the tip. So if you call in a tip or you go on our web uh, website and give us our, uh, that tip, you're instantly given a password and a tip ID number. You have to keep that. It's imperative that you keep it because if you lose it and you call in, we can't speak to you because we need that tip ID. We need that password. So once we've confirmed that you are the tipster, uh, that are, that's calling in the uh, information. We give you a location or if you pick a location that you want to go to a branch, you speak to the, um, the employees there, you tell them that you're there for a non-identifiable account and you give them your tip ID number. Um, they should know um, how to access those funds and uh, you'll get paid. That's just how, how easy it is without asking for any type of ID. Cool. And I think that's important for, for people to know. You know, outside of the BOLO program, it's, it's important to also mention that um, outside of Toronto, because we, we have this new kind of format and method that we're doing, you know, uh, the maximum that you can pick up um, from any Crime Stoppers program is $2,000. Now, the BOLO program obviously is something unique and separate and apart um, where they're actually paying this $50,000 reward in through Crime Stoppers, but the maximum you can get from any Crime Stoppers program out there in Canada is $2,000. Um, and Dimitri, you mentioned that, uh, you know, people obviously pick up the phone, you call Crime Stoppers, everybody know, knows the number, you know, 416-222-8477 or 222-TIPS, as uh, some call it. Um, you mentioned that they can also submit tips online. Um, and, you know, when we have tipsters, you know, go online to submit a tip, they're now going to see a little disclaimer there letting them know that they can't use our platform for any other purpose other than to submit a legitimate tip. Um, can you kind of just briefly talk about, you know, what was the purpose of putting that there and then talk about some of the protections that, you know, Crime Stoppers does have under the Supreme Court of Canada that makes us, you know, very unique and one of the, one of the only program in the world that is truly anonymous uh, when it comes to uh, people providing information. Yeah. So I think you covered it off at the beginning when you talked about McAleese, uh, Detective McAleese out in Albuquerque. This program was set out for citizens to report 
individuals that are, I guess, breaking the law. It's very simple. Right. Now, you're always going to have people that want to misuse various uh, platforms, various programs. Now, of course, Crime Stoppers isn't uh, isn't one that people don't use uh, for mischievous things. So we have to basically protect ourselves. How do we protect ourselves? If you were to call in Crime Stoppers and you report on an individual that's committing a crime or that you suspect to be committing a crime, mm-hmm. that is covered by the anonymity. Um, but, uh, and, and we enforce that very, very stri- uh, strictly. Now, that is also looked at by the Supreme Court of Canada, and they've come down with rulings. Now, having said that, there are individuals that use this platform to either threaten someone, um, uh, misguide, you could say, investigators. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what do, I, what do I mean by that? Let's say you're... Excuse me. Let's say you're an individual that uh, has committed a crime, but you want to, I guess, get the cops off your trail or get the cops thinking it's somebody else that did the crime. And you call a Crime Stoppers tip in and you say that, hey, ABC committed this crime. Right. Even though police know it's you, your anonymity is not protected. If you call and say that I am going to hurt somebody or I am going to bomb a school or um, there's many examples I can give. That's that's not a tipster in our view. That's a bad person using our platform for the wrong reasons. And your identity won't be protected. And that's why we have that disclaimer on there. But if you're someone that calls in and says, I know someone that's going to hurt somebody or I know someone that's going to be putting a bomb somewhere, well, then you're a tipster in our, in our eyes, and we're going to protect you to the nth degree. Right. And that there are cases, and you can look them up in the Supreme Court of Canada, and just uh, Google search it on canlee.com, which is a website for all, um, all legal issues. And the Supreme Court of Canada rulings are on there, talking about these two, two points. Um, so we felt in Toronto that we had to come out and put a disclaimer advising people before you start using crime stoppers just know something that if you're a tipster we're going to protect you but if you're not we're not going to protect you it's very simple right yeah and i think that's that's important for people to know is that you can't hide under the 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 privileged uh that we provide you as crime stoppers if you're going to be doing it for nefarious purposes or you know to mislead investigators and whatnot um so, I mean, you know, it, it's really important for, for everyone to know that. Um, you know, I'll kind of dial back a little bit and talk about the board of directors and kind of what our role is here. Um, you know, because I know, Dimitri, you've talked, you know, in depth about, you know, what you do and, and what, you know, Martin and, and the team does on your end from a, from a police perspective in uh, protecting anonymity and working through a tip and all that. But basically, the board of directors... Um, we meet on a monthly basis. We talk about, you know, uh, you know, some programs out there outside of Toronto, we'll talk about reward payments. And, you know, here in Toronto, we talk about the community uh, reward program that we have and going through the applications, but we'll also be sitting there talking about our fundraising initiatives um, in order to sustain our program. And our biggest fundraiser that we have is the chief of police dinner um, you know, our golf tournament is second to that. And then we also think of different 
uh, other, other fundraisers that uh, we could do. And sometimes things fall in our lap and, and we kind of work with it. Um, most importantly, I think from a board of directors perspective, um, we're always thinking of how we can support current trends that, that we're seeing, right? Crime trends that we're seeing in Toronto that we can come up with awareness campaigns and working with, you know, our police partners and yourself and, and, and the rest of the team in the office to bring awareness to problems like human trafficking or gun issues or drug issues so that we can continue to educate the community on what they can do and, and always reinforce to them that, uh, you know, Crime Stoppers is an avenue for you to report anonymously. Um, currently we have, I think we have now with our, our new member, we have 10 board members. Um, you know, as I said, we do meet on a, on a monthly basis and um, we're always in constant communication. And, you know, if, if you're ever interested in becoming part of uh, the Toronto Crime Stoppers board, you know, please reach out to us uh, either on social media um, or through our website uh, to leave us a message to say, hey, I'm interested. And someone will get back to you with, uh, you know, the procedure and the policies and, and whatnot to kind of fill out an application when we're interested um, in adding, adding folks to our board. Um, you know, as you said, this is our, our first podcast. I know we've kind of been all over the map here um, and we're doing it remotely, you know, respecting the social distancing, um, you know, aspect of, of our current situation. Um, you know, in this, this last month, our world has changed for everyone and our new normal, you know, wasn't normal anymore with the spread of COVID-19. Uh, but Dimitri, I think, you know, we have been active. Toronto Crime Stoppers has been active, you know, from a remote perspective. Can you kind of talk about, you know, what Toronto Crime Stoppers has been up to during this time and, and, and supporting um, not only the city of Toronto, but also the, the province of Ontario with some of the new regulations that have come out? Yeah, for sure. Um, like you mentioned, <clears throat> there are, we, we, we think of different ways to keep interactive with our uh, with our viewers online, whether it be uh, through our various channels. Um, just to cover off a little bit, try not to go back and forth, but the different avenues of reporting, and we're maintaining that. We still have our call center. Um, our call centers run 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, by wonderful staff up there at the uh, NACC, the National Anonymous Crime Center. Um, call center, sorry. And then we also have our, um, our website, which is 222tips.com. And we've come up with uh, another wonderful way. It, I'm actually very proud of it, which is our secure drop. And for those who don't know what secure drop is, it's uh, probably the most secure way of uh, transporting or uh, sending over files, comments uh, under a platform called secure drop. I won't bore you with too much details. You can look it up yourselves, but it's something that was asked of us uh, of having another way that we can deal with uh, cybercrime. And right. that's, uh, that's secure drop. So I'm very proud that Toronto uh, in general, uh, in the law enforcement world is the first in the world to have secure drop um, ways that we're assisting. So mm -hmm. ever since we started working remotely, 
um, we started looking at this, the various uh, tips that were coming in in regards to this new COVID-19 pandemic. And one of them was non-compliance, and the other is price gouging. So as anybody's seen on the news on a daily basis from either Premier Ford or Mayor Tory, um, Mayor Tory came out with the emergency order um, banning people and telling them to stay away from various park amenities. So you can still get out there, you can still exercise, keeping your social distance, but not congregating and not loitering with more than uh, five people. And that's uh, just from the same household. So now we're actively getting tips on that. And then we're, we've built a partnership with the Toronto Public Health, along with the uh, ministry, sorry, the municipal licensing and standards uh, unit within the city of Toronto. So all your wonderful tips that are coming in are being sent to the folks in the city and they're actively investigating them and getting back to us as far as uh, whether or not that was uh, good information or we need some more information and uh, we can open up dialogue with the tipster. Uh, the other thing was the price gouging. Premier Ford said in his press conference that he's not going to tolerate any type of price gouging. So for the tipsters that are out there that usually shop at their local uh, supermarket, if they're seeing a real massive spike on these PPE products or, you know, your Lysol wipes or your disinfectants, um, please give us your tip and we'll make sure that it gets to the Ontario government, which are also actively investigating those tips uh, and going after those that are trying to take uh, advantage of citizens in this vulnerable time. Um, right. We're doing stuff like that. We're maintaining our tips. And, uh, yeah, investigators are happy that we're still around for them. And we're going to continue to do this. And one way is this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that's, uh, you know, uh, trying to be a little bit more creative and innovative to, to stay connected. And, you know, I guess this is a, a perfect example with COVID-19 and, you know, the, 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 the destruction that it's, it's leaving and the fear that it's causing. And, you know, the whole culture around no snitching, right? And, um, you know, I've been with Crime Stoppers now 18 years. And, um, you know, that, that, that word snitch, and we all know what it means, right? We all grew up around it of, you know, that, that negative connotation of, you, you know, we don't want you to be a snitch. And we don't want you, you yourself don't want to be labeled as a snitch. But, you know, I just want to kind of talk through that, right? And, and provide information um, for those folks who, who are scared to be labeled as a snitch. And it's an interesting word to dissect, right? So let's, you know, kind of break down the origins of that word, right? And I don't think most people know. And if you Google this, you'll see it and you'll find it and you can read it yourself and research it. But it was a, the, the word snitch was, was a word created by criminals to identify other criminals who provided information on criminals to police, right? So let's dissect that. It's about criminals, um, the people who are reporting into Crime Stoppers are simply, you know, concerned citizens who are trying to make a positive difference in their community, um, providing crucial and critical information on crimes occurring in the community to make it a safer place. You're not a criminal. Um, and, you know, what we need to do, um, you know, these brave individuals who are, are calling and these concerned citizens who are calling crime stoppers shouldn't should not be left to feel 
um, you know, they are doing that they're doing something wrong, but rather, you know, as a community, we should be celebrating them as an example of what we all should be doing, you know, and, and COVID-19 right now is a perfect example of if we don't act as a community and stop the spread of COVID-19 and part of it is seeing others not complying with, you know, these, these new bylaws and, and listening to Health Canada and, and the Toronto Public Health people, that it's going to spread. Um, so if you see something that people shouldn't be doing, would you rather just sit back and, and say, I'm not going to say anything? Or would you rather say, wait a minute, that needs to be reported because we need to stop the spread of this virus. So this is a perfect example of, you know, why people need to, you know, trust within Crime Stoppers, you know, don't think of it as a snitch program because it's not. And I know other people have, you know, said that and it's, you know, it's been in media reports, but, you know, let's understand this, that just because a certain crime, you know, may not affect you personally, we are all connected in some way. Eventually there's going to be something that happens that you may have known information. You may have been able to provide that may have prevented it. Um, and not be left to be a victim or have a family member or a friend or a colleague be a victim. So, you know, we all need to do our part and, um, you know, understanding what this program really can do. And, you know, I guess it's a perfect time and I'll conclude our first episode um, by reminding everyone that community safety is a shared responsibility. You know, we must all work together with a collaborative goal to make a difference in the prevention of crime while enhancing the overall safety of our community, where we live. Um, so remember, see it, say it, stop it. You remain, you remain anonymous, criminals don't. Uh, for our first episode, you know, Dimitri, thank you for, for having the time and spending the time. Thank you to our listeners. Uh, for, for, uh, for, for more information, please visit us at uh, 222tips.com and follow us on social media. Please share our podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or show ideas, please email us at crimestopperspodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, be safe, stay healthy, stay home. Let's work together to beat COVID-19.